0: Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's look at the salaries for the Richmond race in the Xfinity Series. And what we will do for this, we'll change things up. It's always fun to mess with systems and processes and see if we can glean some new information that will help us build better lineups and maybe find some picks, picks, picks for your upcoming Richmond lineups. We're going to look at last year's results last year's optimal lineup last year basically the fantasy results you can see on the screen and we're going to just look at their prices from this year we will start with ty gibbs last year he's eleven thousand two hundred in the fall richmond race remember only one richmond race last season here we are again back at richmond less than a year later his price has increased a little bit now obviously it's because he was awesome at Richmond last season. Has he been that great this season? No. Yes, he has an Atlanta win, but that's a plate track win. We don't care. Yes, he has a Las Vegas win, but he wasn't the best car. He stays. He gets a track position late in that race, wins the restart, but he was not the best driver at Las Vegas. That being said, do expect Joe Gibbs Racing, now that they're back on the East Coast, probably back in the shop in Mooresville, have implemented new changes that we haven't seen yet because we had a plate race, then we had Kota. If there was a time where we could see an immediate improvement and a dramatic increase in performance from a team, specifically Joe Gibbs Racing, because we have seen them be a step behind Junior Motorsports, this would be the week, especially given that they were very strong. they fast cars. At Richmond last season, I have no problem paying 11500 Ty Gibbs was the best driver at Richmond last season. Now, because of the abrasive track and the high tire wear, we could see some gains in Stage 3. And if the cautions come at certain times, like they did last fall at Richmond, then, yeah, uh, it, it could definitely hurt the ceiling of Joe Gibbs as it did last, Ty Gibbs as it did last season. He still was able to score 77 points, despite, because of differing strategies, guys staying out, him starting in the wrong spot. Really, I don't think he earned any, he got, probably got a couple fast laps in stage three, but he was really locked out from controlling the race in stage three. And despite that, he still scored the most fantasy points, still put up a 6.8, and really, when I worry about volatility and variance at Richmond, I'm really only focused on stage three. Stage one and stage two should be safe. They shouldn't be taking any risks. And being that this is a spring race, not the fall race, and it's a day race, I would expect the drivers to be a little bit more cautious, possibly, hopefully. Um, all those things I up. I have no problem spending $11,500 to get gifts if I can make it work. John Hunter Niewiczek, uh, I like John Hunter Nemechek a lot as well. Look, he gets—it's—he's a, a very underrated race car driver. Um, when we look at the silver spoon, he's not even a silver spoon. This guy's basically been given a brass spoon. But you've like, so you just look. Phoenix Sam Hunt car. Now the Sam Hunt car is probably not always great, but there is some TRD alliance there. This is a TRD kind of deal for John Hunter Nemechek and the data support that when John Hunter Niemicek jumps into the Sam Hunt 26 Supra, it's a pretty solid, basically borderline Supra. And when other guys get in, obviously the driver quality drops, and I think the car quality drops as well. Either way, Sam Hunt car, awesome at Phoenix in the last kind of real true race that we have. And you go back to last season in the 18 JGR car, awesome at Phoenix. Go back to Richmond of last year. Sam Hunt car, again, there it is. 24 place differential points. Not a lot of fast laps or laps led, but his average running position is right up there, right? His average rating rank. So if we take the driver's ratings and just rank them, and that's going to calculate average running position and speed, et cetera. Seventh best car. And that's with a bad starting position in a car that really is not the best. He gets a lot out of those cars. Well, this week he's in the 18. We've seen Bain do well in clean air in this car. We've seen even Ryan Truex run pretty well at times. And if anyone's going to be able to get this car back to the front in dirty air, which we did see Trevor Bain do last time at Phoenix, John Henry Nemechek definitely will be able to do that. And there probably will be dirty air and adversity to to deal with and strategies to have to overcome in stage three. Yeah, I like Nemechek. I don't know if you can roster them both, obviously. He's cheaper this time around. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's not crazy because we knew his starting position was going to be 27th when they set that. It wasn't 10700 last year because he was in a Sam Hunt car. He was 10700 because he was starting 27th. Sam Mayer started 38th. That's why he was 8500 Well, now he's probably going to start around the top 10, and he costs more. That's a bit of a red flag. I like Sam Mayer. I believe he's easily a top 10 driver, and he's getting his way to the top five. He would have had a top five at Richmond last year, possibly, but two penalties in that race, and one was during stage three. It really hurt his progress, but his car was fast at Richmond. He looked comfortable. You, know, you separate the adversity, the wrecks, the failures that he dealt with last season. The talent's there, and the car was close. Fast forward to 2022, obviously the car's there. Junior Motorsports, they have the cars. And Mayer is showing his talent. Now, is he good enough to knock off Gregson and Allgaier and Gibbs and Nemechek? No, he's not. Is he going to lead laps ahead of those guys? I don't know. I mean, he did win that Bristol race a couple years ago, but he wasn't really in control of that Bristol race, and a lot of really good cars, and we're talking about the truck race, dealt with issues, and failures. Noah Gregson at 10,900. Uh, you got to love Noah Gregson. Is this his best track? No, but he's getting better everywhere. He won this race last year because he was in the right place at the right time. Uh, I talked about in the last video, there was three strategies at the end. It was the stay out. There were some people who were actually played games, were able to get fresh tires, but they had to start pretty far back. And then the third guys who went and got scuffed tires. Gregson stayed out. And launched, got a good restart, and hung on for the lead. Justin Haley was nipping at his toes, needed probably about two more laps, and Justin Haley on fresh tires wins that race. Either way, Gregson, good on restarts, uh, has gotten better at this track, and we've seen him and Luke Lambert just be absolutely on fire this season. I have no problem trying to get to know Gregson. Harrison Burton's not going to be with us, but Just, again, a testament to the speed that Joe Gibbs Racing had. When Ty Gibbs lost the lead through cycling, guys taking tires and not taking tires, it was Harrison Burton who cycled forward. There was a time where Ty Gibbs got around Harrison Burton, but then there was another caution flag. Ty Gibbs was better and faster than Harrison Burton. But... You, you know, you've watched enough Xfinity Series races or even Cup Series races to know that it doesn't matter if you're the fastest or have the best car. A lot of times it comes down to what the caution flag is, how the sequencing is, where you line up on a restart, all those things come into play. And if you just get clean air, you're going to lead some laps and run some fast laps, especially if you have a really good car, which Harrison Burton did have. And Harrison Burton would have won that race probably yeah, a bit of close. If it goes green to the end, I bet Ty Gibbs probably catches him at the end. But Harrison Burton had a really good shot at winning that race. We have seen him perform well at short tracks, but Burton's not going to be in this race, but this adds more to playing John Hunter Nemechek. If we know that across the board, Junior JGR had solid cars. Um, Riley Herbst, just really a place differential play here. His average running position was just okay. Nothing really exciting. His price is more expensive this year, and i probably. I mean, if I had to guess, he would likely start somewhere closer to the front and be at a higher price. Has Herbst gotten better? I don't think he has. Has Herbst improved based on getting practice? I don't think he has. Now, Herbst has been caught in wrecks. He has had some mechanical failures. It is a small sample size, but the reality is that we expect... Those things just shouldn't happen in a 98 SHR car. You should be getting better. I shouldn't sit here right now going into the beginning of April at the Richmond race asking the question, is Herbst getting better? That answer should happen. It should be, the question should be, and this should have been last year. This should have been the year before. How much has he improved? Not has he improved. That's a big problem. And when his price is pretty much the same and he's likely going to start closer to the front, I'm not interested in her. Herp's burnt a lot of people recently at the, was it the Phoenix race where he had some sort of, I think he was the first car wreck or had a failure and was starting in the back was one of the highest owned drivers. Check out the previous video, Daniel Hemrick. Just an okay day, uh, but he did have the sixth best average running rank rating rank. Again, he was up near the front the entire time. Wasn't completely in control, but that's Daniel Hemrick. Daniel Hemrick didn't have the greatest season last year. Damon Hemrick wasn't amazing, but Damon Hemrick was always a fifth-place driver. Joe Gibbs were fine. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of a discount. I want more of a discount for a college car. It is very hard to roster college racing cars. for they just. We know with the story of Justin Haley, he could get a top ten, but he never did anything. That was it, and he was always priced too high. Uh, Damon Hemrick is better than Haley. Um, maybe he can lead some laps, but you don't expect it. AJ Allmendinger, if he's on the front row, he's leading laps. But once he goes back into traffic, he's never going to emerge again unless we get a caution at the end and he nails a restart. AJ all out, all trimmed out, or just doesn't get it done. It's fine. There's going to be tracks for him, but uh, it's hard to rush those guys. Haley's not in here at 8100, so we'll skip over him. Brandon Brown, same price. I, will, I like that price for Brandon Brown. 6900 for Brandon Brown. I can do that. And he was starting 17th. He'd probably get a very similar starting position. can he get himself into the top 10. Now, he clearly benefited from a lot of the wrecks at the end. I think this is a little bit high. I would have to look at my projections later in the week. But off the top of my head, I think he's probably more of a 12th place car. Depends on the depth of the field. i got to look at the field again. But not really crazy about that. But the price is okay. Price works. Dale's not going to be in this race. Kyle Weatherman... Not in the race, huh? Mason Massey. It's going to cost you more. It just seems like he hung on and finished late. And I I wonder if he was with BJ McLeod. For whatever reason, BJ McLeod has had some pretty strong finishes at this racetrack. He's got to be with BJ. If you remember back to the 2020 season, go all the way back to 2020, when they did the doubleheader at Richmond, that's where, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Mills, I know he got one top 20. Matt Mills may have earned two back-to-back top 20 finishes in those Richmond races, which weren't wrecked, by the way. They were pretty clean lap turners. And Matt Mills just – and still have never gotten an explanation. Her's like, oh, well, I think they had tires. He mentioned something in a podcast. I don't – who knows? Maybe B.J. McLeod has just got Richmond figured out. I don't know. Weird, strange situation. I can't really explain it. Oh, but it is something to think about. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play Mason Massey at $6,000. That's really steep. I mean, if we're punting, we're probably going to have to punt if you like Gibbs and Nemechek and Gregson and Algar, which we'll talk about in a second. Then 6000 likely is going to be too much on the bottom end unless you have two punts below that, which triple punt could clearly – we've got a lot of laps. We've got expensive lap leaders. We've got volatility on pit road, remember. Setting everything aside, and just going back to Phoenix and the races before, the pit crews are very wonky. Now, we have seen Joe Gibbs Racing's pit crew improve, and again, I expect that pit crew in the Xfinity Series to continue to improve, but I also feel pretty comfortable with speeding penalties and pit crews being upside down that we're going to see a lot of leads change hands, which means a lot of different lap leaders, which again means you're likely going to need Three hogs. What's a hog? A guy that leads laps and runs fast laps. Right. Ty Gibbs. He was a dominator. Well, he finished seventh. I, wait, what does dominator mean? What does dominate mean? Does it, I dominated you. You finished seventh. You didn't dominate. I try not to cuss. Right? But think about it. Imagine someone speaking to you about domination and... And using that kind of vocabulary and language to communicate a message to you, right? Someone's talking to you. He dominated. He dominated. Oh, so he must have killed. No, he finished seventh. Wait, what? why am I listening to you? For five minutes, you talk about, you use the word dominant. And then you end the conversation by saying he finished seventh. Cognitive dissonance. What's going on? I can't make sense. Are you lying to me? Are you intentionally deceiving? So you just use the word hog. He Ty Gibbs scored a bunch of fast laps and laps led points. Did he have the best car? I guess if that matters, does the best car win? No. Does the best car always score the most points? No. It's the best, dominant. We probably don't need these words, but we need to know that he was in a position to lead a bunch of laps and he did it at a certain time. And he was not in a position to lead laps at a certain time and he did not. Now, that's a lot of gobbledygook to say to be specific and clear about fantasy NASCAR because it is unlike any other sport. So I say hog point because they're just points that he hogged up that other people didn't get that allow him to be, you know, the guy that scores the most points and doesn't necessarily control the race, doesn't necessarily win the race, He didn't win the race. He hogged all the points, He didn't win the race. Was he dominant? Yeah, he was dominant in stage one. Was he dominant in stage two? Yes. Was he dominant in stage three? Well, he had the best car in stage three. He just didn't happen to be the first car in stage three because of pit road. Well, did he dominate or not? That's why I don't use that freaking word. We're always going to do that rant. Worst podcast ever! Ogar was awesome. In 2020, Allgaier struggled for the first two stages, but they figured it out in stage three. He ultimately finishes fourth. His average running position, pretty bad because they struggled with the setup in stage one and stage two. But we had seen that pattern. Now, sometimes Allgaier and Jason Burdett nailed the setup and just crushed. And that was the case in 2020 in Richmond. But if you remember in 2020 and even plenty of times in 2021, without practice, we'd seen Allgaier... Plenty of times struggle early in stage one and in stage two, and then they finally get the setup right and make a rush and a push in stage three. It didn't always work out that way. But there was a pattern that, hey, guess what? All guy needs laps on the track to work with Burdett to get the setup correctly. A lot like how Kyle Bush needs to run laps to kind of communicate what he needs from his car. They're very similar style drivers, at least from a DFS prediction standpoint. And hey, guess what? We'll get Practice this week, it's limited, it's funky. I wish we could just get a more true traditional practice. Whatever, nothing we can do about that. But the few laps that Allgaier will get, well, at the very least, expedite the process. If it takes him stage one and stage two last season to figure out the setup and get rolling in stage three, well now, maybe with practice in stage one, maybe he'll be rolling in a position in stage two. He's right there. Now, the other thing with Allgaier is... This is really not a bad price tag, given the fact that his starting position this season has been routinely towards the back. Now, I'm not sure if that's because they've been going much more towards race trim. If that's the case, it seems to be working out. They seem to be running pretty well, except, yeah. so, I mean, at Phoenix, they weren't the best. But they were a third-place race car. The tra- the craze went crazy at the end, and Allgaier lost. What he should have been a third place finish, but everything was pretty much working out. Was he the best? No, but he was very close. Maybe if Auger had clean air, he could have won that race. It didn't work out for him. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's for them, but that's also for you as well. Now, he wasn't in the optimal lineup at Phoenix, and it didn't work out. But it was pretty close and it was pretty safe. And he didn't hurt your lineups. He's not that expensive. He's very likely gonna qualify poorly again. And we know he has the ability to lead laps and run fast laps. Ty Dillon's not with us this time. AJ Almaninger out there in clean air in stage one. As soon as he loses clean air, you know the story. At ten thousand two hundred, um, it's more than likely because we they're always trimmed out. So he's going to qualify in the top five. Does he pass John Hunter Nemechek and Ty Gibbs and Justin Allgaier when he gets up there? No, I don't think he does. And I also think he struggles to beat his teammate, Daniel Hemrick. I'm not spending 10200 on him. I would much rather go with 9600 on Daniel Hemrick. Now, if AJ Allmendinger is starting on the pole, then you do have to consider it. It is technically a track where he should run well. Short flat tracks. If you're buying into that age-old narrative of age are right? The short flat tracks. But this is more of a rolling Richmond. We kind of put it close to Phoenix. My whole thing is I've always compared it, and everyone says I'm crazy. This is my eye racing mind coming out, and just from the loopy flat nature of Richmond and the way that it's D shaped, in ways I feel like it's Kentucky. I know. Leave your angry comments below. Now, when you leave your angry comments, because I'm going to go play, and you can watch, I've got a previous video on here somewhere on my YouTube channel where I go on and on how Richmond and Kentucky are similar in the old packages. Before, uh, if you go look, you can dive into it. Watch the video. The Cup Series, and this is, we're never going back to Kentucky again, I guess, but in the Cup Series, when they had high horsepower and low downforce, I will argue that Richmond and Kentucky had parallels. In, when they started running the crap package at Kentucky and made it even worse, then, yeah, it didn't work out. Well, now the packages are kind of the same. I don't know. You don't need to look at the Kentucky data, but uh, there it is. I would venture to guess that AJ was never really good at Kentucky either. Cindric's not going to be with us. Cindric again, a guy who he got his opportunity to lead some laps, and then he cycles into traffic and then just never emerges Ryan Sieg ran pretty well here. 12th average finish, 6,700. I would rather play Sieg than Brandon Brown. It's a toss up. I imagine the deciding factor. Again, this is something that you want to make note of. Because when it comes down to it, how are you going to decide between Brown and Sieg? Oh, they're the same price. Virtually, they get the same outputs. In performance, although I would argue that Sieg's probably been faster this year, but Brown has dealt with a little bit more adversity. Either way, Sieg's having one of his best seasons. Go through the stats, you can see it. Brown is having a pretty good season, he's dealt with some issues, but he's you know right there as well. It's not that big of a difference, I would say. Sieg's a little bit up there, but you know what you're going to do. You're going to play the guy that's starting further from the back, which is a really bad way of making a decision on who's going to perform better. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is predict who's going to race better. Uh, this guy. Why? Because he's starting further back. That You are a lunatic. <laughs> I am a lunatic. We all do that. Let's just make a note of this because sure as hell, it's going to happen again. When you make a decision for the DFS lineups, Yeah, there's a lot of things to factor, but ultimately the biggest thing is can this guy perform well? Will this driver, will driver X perform better than driver Y? And a good indicator is driver X is good at this, this, and that. Here's the stats or driver Y. This is his stats. But what you ultimately are going to do is not think about how fast driver X was in practice or how well driver X has been doing this season or Driver X's history at the specific track. A lot of times, you'll take all of those data points, which influence your decision-making throughout the week, and say, okay, brain, let me just turn you off real quick. Monkey brain, turn you on. Uh, his starting position's further back. I'm going to play him. I do it, you do it. Probably don't want to do that. I can already see the future. (laughs) That's... You're going to use that as the deciding factor. Don't use that as the deciding factor. If you want to leverage the field, if you want to get a little diversity and differentiation in your lineups and swerve and break free of the sheep, then play the guy that's starting closer to the front. What? I know. How do I come up with this stuff? I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. Yeah, play the guy closer to the front. Yeah. That's why you go to Racefortheprize.com and you click on the red button go to patreon.com slash DFS and support Brandon and I and all the work and all the content that we're providing. You do that because of brilliant ideas like, hey, play the guy closer to the front. He's going to have lower ownership if you want. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Hopefully that comes through. I don't know sometimes. I, don't, I just don't know don't know my audience at all. All I have is the demographics thing on YouTube that says 25 to 45. And from my own perspective, I know from about 25 to 32, I was an absolute moron. You know, people in their 20s are like, "Oh, I'm scared of my 30s. 30 is so much better than 20s." I was so stupid in my 20s. I thought I knew everything. I was sick. look, trust me, as arrogant as I am now, as much of a know-it-all as I am now. I have a little bit of uh No I don't. <laughs> no. No, I'm completely arrogant. But I was worse in the twenty 20- I have a little bit of humility now. I don't know. I think I'm still filled with hubris. <laughs> You've learned these I haven't disparaged anyone yet today, have I? Eh, kind of. The people use the word dominator. There it is. Of course. Couldn't do a podcast without being a uh, resentful Disgruntled curmudgeon. Now, could I? Jeb Burton, seventy-five hundred. I'm just not interested in these hour car stable. Is he with our this week? I would assume he's a part of our. I'm definitely not encouraged if he is with Joey Gase Racing. Um, I skip from Josh Berry, ninety-one hundred. This is a place where he could absolutely smash. Let's see how he does in practice. Um, without practice in a Jordan Anderson car. Alert! 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 Josh Berry's finish of twenty-fourth. Uh, Average running position though of eighteenth was in a – and I think he got into an issue late in that race. I'm pretty sure he did. Obviously, he finished worse than his average running position, so he might have been involved in one of those cautions late in the race. Actually, I might be thinking – actually, I'm thinking of a Martinsville truck race now. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'm always working. I'm always doing something. I've already had to start and move ahead and start working on Martinsville Truck Race. And I'm going to be doing Martinsville Xfinity Race at some point today. That's why you pay me. That's why you go to racefortheprize.com and you support Brandon and I. Because we're the only people jamming through these races to make sure that we're providing context with the analysis. I don't want to just read a spreadsheet. As you can tell, as I'm reading things through I'm talking about the races because I can remember them. I can see them in my brain because I'm watching them and constantly going over them in my head. I'm putting the work. 20 bucks, 40 bucks, 60 bucks. You don't have to do it forever, but I appreciate the support. Keeps me going. Keeps me grinding it out. That's why I'm hammering on Martinsville stuff already. Okay. Uh, Josh Berry, 18th. Short flat tracks, late model racer, Martinsville, didn't get practice. Jordan Anderson car, he will get practice. Junior Motorsports car, this is his wheelhouse. Yes, probably a little too cheap. Really interested to see what he does in practice. Now, you might not see the whole thing in practice. They might kind of take it easy. But it would be really interesting to see what kind of lap, hot lap, does he lay down and qualifying. Because if he goes out there and lays down a top five qualifying lap, then you know, like, all right, this guy kind of understands his track. He knows how to go fast here. And also, he's going to have track position, which is vital. 9100 for, I mean, look, we've gone through all the guys that can lead laps. Ty Gibbs, 11500 That's $2,400 more. Nemechek, $1,300 more. Gregson, $1,800 more. Allgars, what, $1,400 more? 1500 more. 9100 for a hog? That's quite a steal. No one else in that price tier around $9,000 has the potential to lead laps and run fast laps. Now, I could be putting the cart before the horse here a little bit and getting on to the, the – and I've done that before. Jump on the Josh – Josh? Yeah, Josh. Josh Berry train. A little too fast, but uh, I am a believer. That could be a problem. Uh, we got star is your put de jour doesn't really do much it doesn't really finish well but just hangs on uh, 4900 we'll wait and see what car star is in we have seen I imagine he is with uh go fast green light and we've seen that car not be so good when the top guys were not in it matt mills I don't know maybe Matt Mills has just figured out Richmond. We're going to see, finished 21st at Richmond last year. I, I don't have this sheet completely where I want it yet, so I'm not going to put it on the screen. But you can check it if you go to RaceForThePrize.com when it becomes live. But I'm pretty sure top 25 in his last three races. I don't know if you can say that from Matt Mills anywhere else. Matt Mills definitely in play. Brandon Jones has been terrible at this racetrack. I'm not interested at 9,300, unless, of course, he's starting in the back, which you know we've already seen him earlier this season not run well in qualifying it's possible that you not having qualified every single week for the last couple years jones has just gotten really bad at that that's not just like obviously that's just a theory or a hypothesis right that's just a why is brandon jones qualifying poorly well the question would be well maybe just not having that routine has thrown him off and you look through the data and you could probably see that over the last you know, a handful of races this season where we're now qualifying. He has not qualified. Well, I don't know. You'd have to do some sort of test to find out, uh, test your hypothesis. I'm not going to do that. How could we do that? You go through, I guess, previous seasons and look like, what was his typically average's starting position with JGR, with RCR in the past compared to now? All right, what's changed? All that time off from qualifying, I don't know. But if I had to guess, he's probably going to qualify poorly again. Put a gun to your head and say roster me. And it's worked a couple times, but the other couple times we flinched and our brains ended up on the wall. So I will not not be surprised again to find ourselves tied to a chair with a blindfold and a sock in our mouth with a gun to our head saying, are you going to roster Brandon Jones starting in 23rd position at $9,300? Now, maybe things will work out and you get set free. Or maybe they'll be zipping you up in a body bag. I don't know. Have fun with that. Alex LeBay at 7,000 seems a little steep for me. Bailey Curry at 5,900. That's fine unless he qualifies too close to the front. Bailey Curry... Let's make sure we don't get too hot and heavy on Bailey Curry. But he is getting a lot out of a JD Motorsports car, more than we have seen. Uh, he's getting more out of his JD Motorsports car this season than Landon Castle got out of his last season. And he is much cheaper every single time around. J.J. Yale, 6,200. I want to see what car he is in, if he is in the – I guess I can pull that up over here. If he is in the Carl Long car, that is a no for me. I do not want to spend over 6000 for a Carl Long car, even if it is starting dead last. This is a track where he could run well. But again, Phoenix is a track where he could run well, and I don't believe he ran well at that race check. Yeah, he's back in the 66. What did he do at Phoenix? It's his home track! And look, I, I write that in my article because it's fun to write about. But um, yeah, I probably wouldn't hang on to that narrative if I were you. At Phoenix, he finished 25th. Okay, so hold on to that narrative. He did run pretty well. Let's, let's think about it. Maybe. 66. Something to think about. Keep him on your board. Uh, might be a little too expensive, though. Just kind of like the same thing with Mason Massey. But if we are going double punt and then he is a triple punt, then it's a possibility. Those guys are not in the race. Josh Williams at 5,400. I'm. <sighs> Who's Williams with this week? B.J. McLeod, eh, it's a possibility. Jeffrey Earnhardt, who is Earnhardt with? Earnhardt is with, sorry for the radio silence, but I have to look. He is in... I don't even have him on my sheet, because it's Joe Graf not Earnhardt, you idiot. Okay, I don't want Joe Graff. Uh, Myatt Snyder at 7,700. It's been okay. Good finish last week at a road course. He's supposed to run well at road courses. We shall see with Snyder in the Jordan Anderson car. It's been 7,700 seems a little steep. I'm probably not going to go there. Those guys are not racing. Jeremy Clements at 7,200. I would rather have Gase and Brown. Or not Gase and Brown. Brown and Sieg. You know that's the crew that are all running together pretty much. Clements, Brown, and Sieg with the price. And likely a starting position closer to the front. Clements will be the lowest owned. Clements is not running well this season, so not really crazy about it. I think Vargas is a mess. Not interested. Landon and Castle, $1,000 more expensive. Um, that was because he was starting 31st. Uh, I don't think you can roster Castle because he's basically Justin Haley from previous years. And then Jade Buford... Um, been okay. What did he end up doing at Phoenix? The car hasn't quite improved as much as I would like to see from Borchetta's big machine. Buford hasn't quite improved as much. We got to go back to Phoenix. I know he finished 28th. Uh, He ran well at Phoenix last year, then got into an issue in stage three, but the finishes aren't there. I'm not really that 6,500, I don't think I can go there. So that'll do it here. I know I didn't go over the guys, I just kind of went over last year's results just to give you some ideas of the people I'm looking at. Clearly, there were some drivers that didn't race last year who are racing this year, who I did not talk about. But this is just the way that I chose to do this certain salary review. Hopefully, it's a little bit helpful. It gives you an idea of some of the guys that I'm looking at. Yeah, that'll do it.